Chapter Seven. Let's bail. We've learned all we need to know. I said. Back to the crack? Cassie asked. Yeah, we know the way. I turned and headed back to the crack. It was only a foot or so away. In a few seconds, we would all be safe. I could not believe what I had heard. It was insane. If the Yurk succeeded, we were toast, pure and simple. As long as it was a secretive war between us and Yurks who did not want to be discovered, we could maybe stay alive. But if all the power of the state police were turned against us too, the situation would be out of. Suddenly, a strange vibration in the air above me. Danger! Run! It was like someone had dropped an entire three-bedroom house an inch in front of me. The impact was awesome. The wind it caused was like a small but intense hurricane. It whipped my antenna back. Someone almost stepped on me! I yelled to the others. Look out! Visser, forgive my interruption, but there are several small insects here. A general murmur from the crowd. Then one voice saying, "Don't worry, there are only cockroaches. They are everywhere on this planet." Fool! Visser Three exploded. Do you think Andalites cannot morph creatures so small? Someone killed this fool for me. I felt the world spinning around me. Someone had been shot. Was it Tom? Could it have been? A new rush of air overhead. I could see something monstrously huge falling toward me, speeding down, ready to crush me. I bolted. Millimeters from my tail. Kill those insects! Visser Three screamed. Everyone for himself! I yelled. Spread out! Run! Get into the cracks! Let the roach brain guide you! I took my own advice and relinquished control to the raw instincts and cunning of the tiny cockroach brain. Say what you will about roaches, they're gross, they're disgusting, but man, when it comes to staying alive, that primitive roach brain knew its business. Ah! Axe yelled. Axe, are you okay? Yes, yes, barely. Huge feet. Each the size of a greyhound bus stomped the ground, but each time the roach brain moved me in just the right way at just the right speed. They missed me by so little I could feel the leather and rubber scrape my sides and tail as they impacted around me. I made it to the corner of the wall and hugged in there as close as I could get. They're on me! Cassie screamed. I can't get away. Oh man, I don't want to die like this. Get to the wall. Get off the floor. I was blazing along at top speed as shoes tried to kick into the corner, but all I needed was a tenth of an inch and I could scrape past uninjured. Squeeze! A running shoe was being dragged along the corner straight toward me. The soft rubber melded perfectly into the space. It would crush me. I saw it coming—a black wall, a black locomotive rushing at me. I jumped. I landed on the shoe as it came near. Whoosh! I was flying through the air on a magic carpet made out of canvas. The man kicked. I lost my grip and went flying through the air. I'm clear. I'm clear. Cassie called. I found another crack. I felt like I was going supersonic, like a jet tumbling out of control through the air. Wait, I had wings. Too late. Flap. I hit the wall. It should have killed me. It would have killed me if I had been a human, but I weighed less than an ounce. The impact was hard, 
but not enough to hurt me. I fell to the floor. A tent of some sort. Gray, black. A newspaper. It was a crumpled piece of newspaper on the floor. I dove beneath it and froze. I looked up and saw that it had a photograph. I couldn't make sense of the photo, of course. It was just big black dots of ink. I could make out letters, each as big as my head. I'm clear, Axe called. I am with Cassie. Good, that was two of them safe. Rachel, Marco. I'm on a guy's sock, Rachel reported. He doesn't know I'm here. Wait, we're outside. I'm going to drop off. Clear, clear, I'm outside. Marco? Yeah, Jake. Where are you? I'm in a place where I really, really hope no one flushes, Jake. You're in a toilet? They have a bathroom. It seems like a natural place for a roach. I'm chilling for a minute, then I'm going to try for the hole in the wall where the pipe goes. How about you? I'm not so good. I'm under a newspaper, but they're still stomping all around. Sooner or later, they'll stomp here. I have to make a run for it. I'm going to try for the door. Once I get outside, they'll never get me in the dark. Good luck, man, Marco said. Yeah, you too, my friend. Then, my antenna picked up a strange new scent. Sweet. Oily. Dangerous. Somehow. I sensed that... It hit me in a flash. Marco, they have bug spray! I blew out from under the paper. There, there's one! Vibrations of a dozen feet running after me. And in the air behind me, a vast fountain that seemed to explode from thin air. An upside-down fountain, like a rainfall that came from a single point and spread out to fill the air. A droplet landed on me. Then another. I felt my legs stumble. The door. I could sense it, just ahead. A foot. A near miss. I was slowing down. I could feel my roach instincts becoming scrambled. I was poisoned. The nerve gas was beginning to work. My legs were tangled up. My antennae were waving frantically, unable to smell anything but the deadly rain of poison. That got him, a voice said. Don't crush him, Visser 3 yelled. He may demorph to save himself, and we'll have ourselves an andalite. I was starting to twitch. I couldn't breathe. And then, faster by far than the feet that had chased me, some new shape swooped down. I tried to run, but I no longer could. Three monstrous cables closed around me, and I was up, up, off the floor. Hang in there, Jake, Tobias said. It's me, Redtail Airline welcomes you aboard, and I am hauling my feathered butt out of here. Chapter 8 Morph, Jake, morph now! Tobias had set me down on the roof of a Boston Market restaurant. It was the closest safe place he could find. I was lying helpless on tar paper and gravel. My legs were twitching. My antennae waved insanely. I was twitching and jerking and losing all control over my roach body. But the human me understood what was going on. I was dying. I had watched roaches die from poisoning. I had stood over them and thought, Huh, serves you right. Now it was me. Now it was my body that was failing. I was the one who was suffocating and jerking. Jake, you have to morph out of this. Do it. Concentrate. I knew he was right. It was the only way to stay alive. But it was so hard to focus when I was trapped inside a dying body. 
I tried to picture myself human. I tried to form a mental image of myself. But that picture was all mixed up with dolphins and birds and tigers. And the dream. I was in it now, as the delirium swept over me. In the dream. I was the tiger, moving with perfect silence. Each muscle like liquid steel. Every movement controlled, calculated. I could smell my prey. I could hear his clumsy human movements in the dark forest. He was slow. He was weak. He could not escape me. I would destroy him. I would bring down my prey. My prey. Tom. I saw him turn to look at me. I saw fear in his eyes. Fear of me. I settled back on my haunches, preparing for the final lunge. The killing lunge that would end with my teeth sinking into his neck. My jaws crushing his spine. He looked at me and held up his hands. No! I leapt, uncoiling unbelievable power. I leapt, a huge, unstoppable hunter. I roared, a thunderous cry of triumph that could be heard for miles. And then I saw the tiger, saw myself, saw orange-striped fur and ruthless yellow eyes and saber teeth and claws that could rip open a buffalo, hurtling toward me. Tom had become the tiger, and I was his prey. I closed my eyes, and when I opened them again, I saw, right above me, fierce eyes staring down from just a few inches away. The eyes of a hawk. Are you okay? Tobias asked. I raised my hand to look at it. Fingers. Five of them. I don't know. Am I okay? You seem to have all your major limbs and so on, Tobias said. But it was a weird morph. You got poisoned pretty badly, I think. You seemed to be unconscious while you morphed. I'm alive, I said, feeling a little surprised. But of course, the amount of poison that had almost killed me when I was a roach was nothing to me as a human. Where are we? On the roof of a fast food restaurant. You saved my butt, Tobias. No problem. I'm your personal Air Force, dude. Just call in the air support anytime you need it. I sat up. How are the others? Worried about you. I checked up on them while you were coming out of Morph. They're scattered around, but okay. Everyone morphed back. Axe is already in Human Morph again. Cassie has him with her. I guess I should get down from here, I said. Yeah, Tobias agreed. So, Marco told me what you found out. This is Major. Definitely Major, I agreed. I stood up and began to look around for a way to escape from the roof. I was too tired and rattled to morph again. Marco says Visser 3 was there, in Human Morph. The guy who showed up in the limo, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Roach eyes are pretty lame. I can only go by what I heard. I saw him leave right after I lifted you out of there, Tobias said. I stopped looking for a ladder to the ground. Tobias was being too talkative, too persistent. Tobias, what is it? What are you trying to get around to telling me? When Visser 3 left, Tom was with him. My first reaction was relief. Visser 3 had ordered someone executed in the meeting. It had not been Tom. How, um, how did they look together, Visser 3 and Tom? Tom was the only one from the meeting who went with Visser 3, aside from his guards. 
Tom was acting sort of careful around Visser 3, but he looked like he was pretty cocky around the guards. It's hard to say, Jake, but if I had to guess, I'd say Tom and Visser 3 are tight. Yeah, I said. I have a feeling maybe Tom is kind of responsible for a big part of this hospital plan. I shut up and thought for a second. What will Visser 3 do to Tom if this great plan is destroyed? Tobias said nothing. He knew the answer. Those who fail Visser 3 die. Chapter 9 I saw the lane open up between Juan and Terry. A clear lane to the basket. Thunk, thunk, thunk. My right hand dribbled the ball. I stuck my left arm out, ready to ward off Juan if he came after me. I powered ahead. Sneakers squeaked on the polished wood floor of the gym. One of the guys on my team yelled, Go, Jake! Juan saw my move and came after me. But I was just a little too fast. Thonk, thonk, thonk. Stop. Pivot my back to Juan. Lock onto the basket. Focus. Focus. I jumped and arced the ball toward the hoop. It hit the backboard. It hit the rim. It bounced away. No score. I fell back against Juan and Terry. The three of us ended up in a tangle on the gym floor, arms and legs everywhere. The ball rolled out of bounds. No wonder you never made the team, Terry said, laughing as he helped pull me to my feet. I had tried out for the team, but I didn't make the cut. At the time it had bothered me, mostly because Tom had been the big basketball hero when he was at our school. I wanted to live up to that. Now, I realized I didn't have time for after-school sports anyway, and playing during gym class was enough basketball. Yeah? Well, I beat Juan with some of my excellent moves, and he is on the basketball team, I said. I reached back to help pull Juan up. Although, I can't figure out why they would want some guy who looks like he's made out of straws. I'm saving my best stuff for the finals, Juan said. I don't want to waste my secret killer moves on you, Jake. And now you practically crushed my legs, you big ox. Man, you ought to be playing football. <laughs> Good idea, I grinned at Juan. He's about 5'11 and weighs like 10 pounds. Let me practice my tackling on you. Just then, the coach whistled, which was a signal to hit the showers. Saved by the whistle, Juan, I said. You should have inherited some of Tom's moves, Terry said. That brother of yours has a jump shot. Man, Tom could have been in college ball easy. At a good school, too, if he would have stuck with it, Juan chimed in. That boy has the gift. They were right. Tom did have the gift, but he had dropped out of basketball. The York who controlled him had other plans, I guess. I showered and got dressed for my next class. Marco was waiting out in the hallway. He had gym next period. B-ball today? He asked. Cool. I thought it was going to be more wrestling. I hate wrestling. Getting up close and personal with sweaty guys? Not my idea of a good time. The ancient Greeks used to wrestle with no clothes, I pointed out. Just be glad this isn't Greece. And no deodorant, Marco agreed. It's going to be next Tuesday. What's going to be next Tuesday? Marco looked over my shoulder and then, very casually, around the hallway to make sure no one was close enough to overhear. The governor. That's when he's going in to the hospital. I'll bet you a hundred bucks it's for hemorrhoids. He grinned. That's why it's kind of a secret. No one is supposed to know. So how do you know? 
Well, we knew from the meeting the other night that he's going, right? So all I had to do was find out what his schedule was going to be. Turns out, it's no problem. I told them I was a reporter and they faxed me a copy. Merkel pulled out a folded piece of paper from his pocket and opened it for me to see. See? Saturday he gives a speech. Sunday he goes on a TV interview show. Monday he gives another speech. Tuesday, oops! Suddenly on Tuesday he begins a five-day vacation and they don't say where he's going. Why would he keep it a secret, I wonder? Oh, please! If it's hemorrhoids? A politician getting his hemorrhoids operated on? The jokes are just too easy. Letterman would be talking about it in his monologue. I smiled. Yeah, okay. Good work. Tomorrow's Saturday, Marco said. Should we do it then? I guess the expression on my face showed how I felt. Marco cocked his head and looked sideways at me. You okay, man? You had a close call last night. I've been there, so I know it isn't easy to just get past it. No, I'm cool, I said. I gave him a push. Besides, since when are you all psyched up to go? Marco had always been the most reluctant member of the group. You know since when, he said softly. I nodded. Marco was no longer reluctant to fight the Yurks. It had become a very personal battle for him. Yeah, sorry, I said. As far as the others are concerned, I'm still the same old Marco, he said. I don't want them thinking anything is different. I don't want them feeling sorry for me. Now, Marco, how is anyone ever going to feel sorry for you? You're so totally obnoxious. And I plan to stay that way. The bell rang, signaling the next class. Okay, I said. Tomorrow. We'll need to think of some way to get inside that hospital, though. They'll really be on the lookout. Actually, Cassie already suggested some things to me, Marco said. I rolled my eyes. Oh man. You know, I like Cassie, but this is the girl who suggested we try an ant morph. Marco started to head into the gym. I headed toward class. Not ants, he said over his shoulder. I don't even want to know. Think dog poop. What? I demanded. But by then, he was through the door and gone. Hey, Phenomorphs. Thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Anamorphs auditory experience. Wow, I almost forgot my outro intro. Anyway, it's your host Daniel. How's it going? I actually have quite a few things to talk about today in this outro section, so let's just dive right in. First and foremost, I forgot to mention last week I guested on another episode of Alphabet Flights, which you can find on Shout Engine. Just search Alphabet Flights uh, with my buddy Jesse. It was, again, a lot of fun. Spoilers. Talk a lot about that robo-dick. It's not out yet. I will let you guys know when that pops, but, you know, get ready and maybe check out the podcast anyway, because Jesse's a cool guy and makes a fun podcast. The other thing I did was I guessed it on yet another podcast. I'm on my grind. I'm getting out there uh, by my friends Mike and Madison. They have started a podcast. Excuse me. They have started a podcast called The Equalizers, where they pitch prequels and sequels to movies that have neither. Uh, I I pitched a 
a sequel to the smash hit film Super Mario Brothers, and I thought it went quite well. I had a lot of fun. That one is also not out, but I will again let you know when it happens. In the meantime, give their other episodes a listen because they're very funny and it's good. And you can find that uh, fellow Podbean podcast at equalizers.podbean.com or equalizers on iTunes. That might be the equalizers on iTunes. I'm sure if you search equalizers on iTunes, it will pop up though. Uh, that's equalizers spelled E-Q-U-E-L, like sequel, but without the S. Equalizers. Uh, one more thing. I got a lovely message on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com if you too would like to send a message. Or you could use audiomorphscast at gmail.com. From Abigail, uh, let me know if you want your Tumblr URL said on this show. I can give you a shout out, get you that promo, get you some followers. Uh, just message me again if that's something you'd like. But Abigail wrote and uh, said, I love listening to you reading these books. My only issue, I found you too early. You're only on book six, and I binged one through five the last few days. Now I have to wait for your lovely voice or listen to a computer one. Thanks for the great cast. Well, thank you, Abigail, for listening. Uh, I love getting messages. Don't get a lot of them. <laughs> no, but uh, really, it means a lot. I appreciate that you listen to my dumb vanity project that I'm doing. Last thing would be that uh, I apologize that this episode is a little on the short side. There was a gas leak near my apartment yesterday, and they like actually evacuated the area, and I couldn't, I couldn't come home till like 10 p.m. last night. So I was like, mm, "I'll record, I'll edit this last chapter here, and hope that's long enough." And it wasn't, but you know that's life when a gas leak happened. Man, that sucked. You know how bad the traffic was? I, it was bad. Um, but everything's good now. I'm back in my apartment. Nothing blew up. Everything's fine. I'll see you all next week. Uh, hi there, past Daniel. This is future Daniel. I guess present Daniel. I'm just gonna slide in here real quick because you did forget to tell people where to find you. Find us. So I'm just gonna do that real quick. If you liked what you heard, you can hear more at audiomorphs.podbean.com or by searching Audiomorphs on iTunes. And if you're using iTunes, give me a rating and a review and subscribe and all of that and boost my ego. Thanks. Well, back to you, old Daniel. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs> <laughs>